As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Welcome to Home Group. This is Friday night. We're going to wrap up our teaching for this week about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but we're going to continue next week. Be sure to join us again on Monday night. But remember that if you need prayer, we want to pray for you. I don't know what you've going on this weekend, but if you need somebody to pray for you and what you're facing this weekend, let us know because we would love to pray for you. And remember that we're offering you right now my brand new series called Why We Need the Gifts of the Holy Spirit. It comes with a study guide and there's a book that goes with it called Why We Need the Gifts of the Holy Spirit. Denise, I love this book. It's a wonderful book because we need to know how important the gifts of the Holy Spirit are. And you know, one thing I like about this book is it's short, but look at it. I mean, you can just tell by looking at it, every single page, there's not one wasted word in this book. Mm -mm. And if you want to really devour something about spiritual gifts and how to flow in them, order this book. But Denise, welcome to Home Group. Maxine, welcome to Home Group. Thank, Thank you. you. And Home Group, welcome. And if you need prayer, we are here to pray for you. We care about you. Please let us know. And also, if you're a partner with us, we just thank you with all of our hearts for being a partner with us. Well, Maxine, we're glad you're here as well. I'm thankful to be here, and your teaching is so beneficial. Please teach us. Maxine, thank you. Well, I'm going to begin tonight with a story. When Denise and I and our family first moved to the former Soviet Union, everything was still communist. I mean, we rented our first house in October 1991. The Soviet Union was not even dissolved yet. It was not officially dissolved until December the 8th. And it was on December the 25th, which is Western Christmas, that Gorbachev picked up the phone and called Bush and said, hey, it's over. I just resigned. We rented our house before the thing dissolved. So when we moved here, in essence, it was still the Soviet Union. It really was. Atheism was still king. People didn't believe the Bible. I remember Denise and I had a big meeting in Riga. Thousands of people came. Thousands of people. And we announced we were going to hand out Bibles. Well, when the Bibles arrived, they were New Testaments. They were not complete Bibles. And when we handed them out, the people said, what is this? New Testament? You said you were going to give us Bibles. They thought we had deceived them. They didn't know the New Testament was part of the Bible. They had no clue. Well, atheism was king. Maxime, tell them about your grandmother. Uh, my grandmother was quite an amazing person. Uh, her job was to visit huge factories, big plants, where when all the workers, like thousands of workers, would gather, and she would explain to them that there is no God. And whenever Christians were arrested, they would be brought to her, and she would try to brainwash them or to explain to them or to prove to them that there is no God. And I'm so thankful that almost before she died, I was able to lead her to the Lord. And God gave me mm -hmm. grace to help her to get saved. And I'm thankful, and I know one day I'll see her. And uh, after she died, we found uh, mm -hmm. it, it, what was called anti-Bible in her apartment. It was a book published by communists where they would, you know, you open the first page and you read, okay, this silly Christians believe that God created heaven and earth. Ha, ha, ha. 
hear scientific facts. It was Bible commentary, but it was anti-Bible commentary. Anti-Bible, yeah. So, <laughs> ha ha ha, they believe this. This is why it cannot be true. And they give you scientific proofs why the Bible is not true. I was amazed when I found that book. And I, I own one of those anti-Bibles that you gave me, and I'm so thankful yes, for sir. it. But that was the environment that we moved into, and that's why we were very needed. Now it seems like that's happening in the Western world. But my point in telling you is I went to the Hermitage in St. Petersburg. The Hermitage is a massive, massive complex. It was a palace. It was the Winter Palace. It's 2,511,000 square feet, which is bigger than the Atlanta airport. And it was a private residence. And it contains one of the greatest art collections on the planet, primarily collected during the time of Catherine the Great. And I was walking through the Hermitage, and I was looking at their religious paintings, pictures of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, pictures of Jesus multiplying bread, walking on water. And I wanted to see who painted the paintings. So when I went down and read the little bronze, bronze plaque at the bottom of the painting, it said the fairy tale of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Well, that's what the communists would have done. They would have said it's like a Pushkin fairy tale. It's just a fairy tale. The next one, the fairy tale of Jesus walking on the water. And at first it kind of insulted me. The fairy tale. And then I got to thinking about it. You know what? I think that for a lot of Christians it's a fairy tale. Denise, when you and I grew up, we loved the Bible, we loved Jesus, but some of those things were kind of like fairy tales. I mean, I would read stories of what Jesus did and it was like something that happened back then and back there, another time and another place, couldn't connect to it at all. Just something historical, couldn't relate to it, didn't understand it. It was kind of in the realm of a fairy tale about Jesus. And think how many Christians have never seen the miraculous and so they, have no, they don't have a clue. It's kind of like the fairy tale of Jesus. They believe it, but it's, it's like a fairy tale because they've never seen it. We've seen Jesus do everything, Denise. We've even seen the dead raised. Listen, our driver's daughter drowned. His daughter and his niece, they pulled him out of the bottom of the river. They were dead. And there was a doctor there who was swimming. And he began beating their chests and he got their hearts beating again. They put him in a local hospital, laid there on equipment, the niece died. Our driver's daughter kept living. <laughs> the doctor says she's dead. She's only breathing because she's on a machine. He said, I, 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 I don't want to give up. And he was a new Christian. He was a former atheist. And do you know, 30 days later, she sat straight up in that bed. She said, where am I? And please give me something to eat. I am so hungry. What does that remind you of? Jairus' daughter. It's exactly like Jairus' daughter. Now, when I read about Jesus raising Jairus' daughter from the dead, I don't think, I wonder what that was like. I know what it was like. We saw that. 
it brings Jesus to you in a brand new way. It causes Jesus to leave the mental realm and leave the real realm, which is what we saw in 1 Corinthians 1, 6. So let's go back there. It says, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. It was confirmed in you, authenticated right in front of you. The testimony of Jesus. What's the testimony of Jesus? Jesus is a healer. He's a miracle worker. He's a teacher. He's a prophet. He's resurrection and life. That's the testimony of who Jesus is. But the gifts of the Holy Spirit confirm it, authenticate it. When you see somebody healed, when you see a miracle, when you see it happen right in front of you, it brings what you know about Jesus out of the mental realm right into the real realm. And for me, this first happened in 1973. Well, there I was. Southern Baptist to my core and grateful that I was raised a Southern Baptist, still grateful. They taught me the Bible, but we didn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. It was all like a fairy tale to me. Thought people who spoke in tongues were crazy. Thought Oral Roberts was a nut because he preached healing. We didn't believe in any of that. And somebody asked me to go to a Catherine Kuhlman meeting. Well, that was a life-changing moment came into that service kind of a skeptic, hoping that it was real, but seriously doubting. Sang in the choir so I'd have a good seat so I could see everything. Catherine Kuhlman came on the stage. She was something else. She just interfaced with the Holy Spirit. She made room for him and he moved. All of a sudden, about halfway through her service, it felt like a whirlwind of power moved through that auditorium. She began stretching at her long finger, saying something's happening there, something's happening there. And I watched as people began to get off stretchers, out of wheelchairs, pull tubes out of their arms, blind eyes were opened, ears were opened. I remember sitting in my seat thinking, what? What? You've got to be kidding me. This really happens. This is, what in the world did they teach me all my years growing up? Why did they tell me miracles don't happen? What? Changed my life. It confirmed to me Jesus was a miracle worker. And he is. That's why Hebrews 13, 8 says, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's who he is. Amen. Amen. If he did it, he does it. Denise? He hasn't changed. He has not changed. He hasn't changed one bit. His blood hasn't lost any power. He is the miracle worker, the healer. He loves us so much. And through his healing power, we see his love. We see his reality. I've been touched by his healing power so much in my life. I can say from the head to the toes because I've had skin issues and he's healed those. My eyes, I used to couldn't see. If I was looking at Rick right now, this is the condition of my eyes. He would be blurry. I didn't go anywhere without my glasses or contacts because I didn't, even in the middle of the night, to go to the bathroom, I would put my glasses on 
or my contacts, I couldn't see. And today, my eyes are so healed, I actually have one contact, and I don't even wear it all the time. You really don't need it. It is amazing. You got to just shed that. You really don't need it. That does not, that doesn't just happen because your eyes get better. That's a miracle. That's the grace of God working in my body. That's the testimony of Jesus Christ. Well, let's look at verse 9, 1 Corinthians 1, 9. Paul went on to say, God is faithful by whom you were called into fellowship with his son. Hey, in that verse, he's talking about the gifts of the host. I have a word of knowledge. Okay, go ahead. Somebody is reaching out right now with your faith. You said, I want my eyes to be healed. And you're reaching out right now with your faith. Right now, receive it. Just receive it right there. That's, just take that. Just take that power right now that your eyes continue to get better and better and better. Let us know about it. Well, in this verse, Paul says we're called into fellowship with his son. Well, I want to be in fellowship with Jesus. The word fellowship is the word koinonia. It conveys the idea of companionship or partnership. It is the Greek word for a real business partner. And through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is no longer sitting way, way over there. He's right here alongside of us. We enter into partnership with Jesus. We see an example of this in Mark 16, verse 20, where the Bible says, And they, the early preachers, went forth and preached everywhere with them, the Lord working with them. The Lord worked with them. They entered into partnership with Jesus through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Or, wait, how about Hebrews 2, verse 4? It says, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, bearing them witness in Greek carries the idea of working with someone else to present a legal case that is undeniable, undeniable evidence. Jesus will work with us and through signs and wonders and divers gifts of the Holy Ghost, he brings forth undeniable proof of who Jesus is. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That is just amazing to me. But so many believers today only know Jesus as a fairy tale. But the Holy Spirit will cause you to enter into a fellowship and a companionship and partnership with Jesus, you and Jesus working together to bring indisputable evidence to people that need it. I want to pray for you tonight. We're done. We've got to go. But Father, we thank you so much for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We pray for them to be released in our lives and in the lives of others. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great weekend. Let us know how to pray for you, and we'll see you Monday. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.